And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. We took a little hiatus because I went on vacation overseas. I was in Ireland. And I'm so glad to be back. It's always fun to go on vacation, especially with family, but I am so glad to be back. You have no idea. The return trip was like an undoing of like all the positive things that happened while we were on vacation. It was, yeah, Dublin airport had like record lines for security. There was not enough staff. They've been understaffed. It was like in the news. It made news of people, like these photos of people outside the airport. I saw the photos. Lining up, queuing up. So we were in all that nonsense. Our plane was like delayed for an hour while we were in the plane. Like we made it onto the plane and then they still had to wait because there were 40 people missing from the flight because they were in security. Oh my God. It was nuts. I've never experienced anything like that. Zero out of 10 would recommend. But also our bags got lost. But now we're here. I have... A lot of thoughts on the movie that we're going to watch because the first thing I did was watch the most American movie that came out this weekend. Oh, yeah. We're about to talk about it. But before we do, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. And if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. So this weekend I watched a movie starring Tom Cruise. He is a naval pilot, you know, and he is, you know, a renegade or, you know, to say a maverick. And, you know, he has his dalliances with a woman and he has a competition with fellow pilots. But enough about the 1986 version of Top Gun. Let's talk about (laughs) the one that just came out this weekend, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Jessica, tell us, what is the synopsis of this movie? IMDb synopsis reads, after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. So this movie is directed by Joseph Kaczynski. He was the director of Oblivion that also starred Tom Cruise from 2016. That wasn't Uh, bad. No, it wasn't a bad movie. No. Uh, the movie, this movie, was written by Peter Craig, and it dwells from characters that were created by Jack Epps Jr. and Jim Cash. The movie stars Tom Cruise. He is back as Pete Maverick Mitchell. And joining him in the cast, we have Miles Teller co- and his call sign. I'm just going to say all the call signs. Yeah. Uh, Rooster. We got Glenn Powell as Hangman, Monica Barbaro as Phoenix, Louis Pullman as Bob. Jay Ellis as Payback, Danny Ramirez fanboy, and then uh, rounding out the cast, Jennifer Connelly is Penny. John that's not Hamm, a call sign. That's not a call sign. That is her actual name. John Hamm is Cyclone. That is his call sign. And then Val Kilmer as Iceman. Yes. <laughs> now, this movie, $156 million opening weekend, a brand new Memorial Day weekend record. Wow. It passed 
Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End record, even when you add the Thursday previews, it's still past it. So clean new record for Memorial Day weekend, 282 million worldwide. Uh, And I think, Jessica, critics and audiences love this. Yeah, it's got a 96% critic score and a 99% audience score. This is fresh. Yes. Fresh indeed. Yes. The critics' consensus reads Top Gun Maverick pulls off a feat even trickier than a 4G inverted dive, (laughs) delivering a long belated sequel that surpasses its predecessor in wildly entertaining style. So with all that preamble, Jessica, what do you think of Top Gun Maverick? One of the best movies I've seen this year, period. Easy. Period. Easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> really fun movie. A lot of testosterone. A lot of new thrills. Amazing cinematography and filming. Just bonkers. Balls to the wall. They did that. Yes, they did that. Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Of course, he's running at some point in the movie, even though he's a fighter pilot. <laughs> um, yep, of course. I just love this cast. I love this new uh, crew that we have of, you know, Rooster, Hangman, Phoenix, Bob. Like, they're all really great in their own way. And they have a certain amount of personality, which is awesome because the original is successful, not just because of the charisma from Goose and Maverick, but it's because of their interplay with everyone else who is also like really has really cool call signs and is like, you know, being cool with the aviators and crap. Lots oh, of personality. Yeah. yeah, this is a movie that I will. Okay, so just as to let people know, two years ago, I saw this movie ahead of time. I saw a a test screening of this movie. Yes. Um, and two years ago, two years ago, over oh two God. years ago, because I saw it in March of 2020, just before the pandemic started. Wow. This movie was supposed to really be released in July of 2020. Obviously, we're watching it now. And uh, for the most part, the movie is the same. They barely changed anything from that original uh, run or cut that I saw. Really? The only, the only thing they like tweaked was a little bit of the Val Kilmer scene. Mm. And they added a little more footage in that final Act and I'm mm. talking about the dogfight in the final okay, act. Gotcha. Uh, so, but other than that, everything else is pretty much intact. So, wow. they had a movie that was ready to go pretty much. Yeah. Uh, since that time, and you were man, saying that there was like not a lot of action footage in the final act because they were still like putting it together. Right. And so you were like, I don't know how the movie ends. <laughs> right. I don't know how it cleanly ends, and. So now we get like the actual footage of, you know, stuff that they put into that final act, the final, you know, like chase and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get all of that stuff. Right. That that original time. But even like that, that movie, I was I was anticipating that movie so hard after that. And now I finally get to see it. I'm just (laughs) this is incredible. Like it's such uh, I've been gobbling up stuff like behind the scenes stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. just the last few days where I saw like training videos like of how they trained. Uh, I read interviews from the cast of how mm-hmm. hard they had to work like they had to go through naval flight school, which is yeah. usually like, you know, I think like a year training and they condensed it down to three months and 
all the different things that they had to do. And on top of that, they have to be in the cockpit of these of these fighter jets. Yes. Not that they're real. flying. I, I don't no. want to like, yes, they went to training, but it was, you know, condensed, like you said, and they're not licensed to fly. No. Qualified to fly these aircrafts, but they are in the cockpit and there's like four cameras on them, they said. Yep. And so they had to like act out. They had to like get used to being in the cockpit, flying around at these altitudes with these G forces and all of the the experience of it. And then after the fact that they got used to it, I think I read that Cruz was like, OK, now you got to like amp up your your acting because you can't seem like blase about like doing this. Right. Exactly. Which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, Cruz basically develops not only like the schooling of like (laughs) flying in a in an F eighteen, but he also like kind of coached them on how to direct themselves because once they're in the air, the director has nothing. No one's there. Um, You know, you're just in a cockpit. You have the uh, you know you have the pilot in front of you, but they they're not doing anything for you in terms of acting. So they had to time it with all of their acting to what was actually the pilot was doing Mm -hmm. with the you know flying around. So it was it was very interesting, and I think the finished product really shows that level of detail and dedication to the flight. You know the the art of the flight. (laughs) Yes. Uh, just the there's so many shots inside of the cockpit that unique it, uh, that are so unique and you can get like a grasp of the terrain and everything. I love there's some visual shots and you've seen it in the trailer, but there's one where Maverick kind of pulls on the brake and like he like kind of almost floats over another fighter jet and that that shot on dolby like on that big screen is just insane and uh so yeah i really enjoy all it's really blockbuster action it is it's visceral at its at its fullest Mm -hmm. you know uh you have some fun you have a, a little bit of a love story here you know you're getting a little bit of everything uh in in this movie I remember I said Jennifer Connelly steals every scene she's in. And I was not wrong. I let's talk about this. Without okay. no spoilers, right? No we're spoilers. In a non-spoiler no, no. section. So we're just talking just about Jennifer Connelly. Connelly yeah, her she, general role and um her acting. Right. And she stuff. does play like a love interest Listen, to Maverick's she was character. Flirting the entire movie. Flirting yes, she with Cruz, flirting with the camera. She was flirting. She was turned on the whole time. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily a difficult thing to do, but she is so enchanting. She is. She really is. She's beautiful, stunning. Like my sister turned to me halfway through the movie and was like, drop the skincare, sis. Like (laughs) she just looks so good. And um, I I just buy her character. I don't necessarily think that they did the best job like selling their, their love story necessarily. Okay. Because no there problem. is like no, we've, I mean, no spoiler. We've haven't seen Jennifer Connelly in the top in the first cop, Top Gun, so she's a brand right. new character. Yeah. So they have to like sell they, this chemistry and a history, like right. They sell a us. history to them. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that was the only thing that I was like, mm. but Jennifer Connelly like could have used more Jennifer Connelly in the movie. To be quite exactly. honest, yeah. Uh, we we get an entire fresh cast of youngins, pretty much. Yes. Uh, we have and. Tom Cruise and and like the crew really selected these people because they believed that these 
these could be the next like Hollywood stars. Now, one of them I is thought, already kind of a star in yes. Miles Teller. Yes, we'll talk about Miles Teller in a second because I thought that when I was watching the movie that Glenn Powell should have been Clint uh, Eastwood's son. Mm. Like oh, he's I see. basically Scott Eastwood. I see. What in you're like saying. every role that Scott Eastwood's done so far. Yes. So uh, uh, that's why I was like, wow, they could have just interchanged them and it would have been like totally the same movie. It probably would have been, but I don't mind Glenn Powell note. for no, sure. No, no, I don't mind Glenn. He's, yeah. Uh, no, he's he, was, he was great in that Netflix rom-com Set It Up. Yeah, I thought right. he was very good in that. So we'll see where he goes from there. Okay, um, let's talk about Miles because I think you, Miles, you're really that's, impressed. That's, I think that his role is such a big one to fill. Because of the fact that it has a lineage. Because um, if you know anything about the movie going into it or from trailers or anything, Miles Teller Rooster is the son of Goose from Mm -hmm. the original Top Gun. And if you've seen the original Top Gun, you know what happens to Goose. So there is a bit of friction between Goose or between Rooster and Maverick uh, because not only about what happened to his father and Maverick being so feeling so guilty that it was his fault even though he's been you know uh, it's not his fault (laughs) it's not his fault at all like it was just you know a mistake that happened or an accident an accident not a mistake Mm -hmm. Um, but then they add layers to it in in this movie where you know he kind of holds him back in in academy and everything so I do like the back and forth between the two of them. I think that Teller's role as Rooster is maybe like mm-hmm. a little one note because it's more true, like true. just like I, I, you know, you got my dad killed and I don't trust you. And uh, and he's like kind of like mad I that or that would be enough. Like that would be it and that that would be enough. But they don't really go that route. They go the route of, like you said before, you held me back. Right. Yeah, so Wait, which like, we'll get two into things. that more in, in spoilers. But basically, I kind of feel like Miles Teller is skating by on this movie based on his being like so fun and charming and charismatic. Yeah, and, and what's not, great? You're like it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. I, they yeah. probably could have made him do more. I think so. And give I it think a you little more nuance because, I mean, you could have had stuff with the mom yeah, in there. You, you never delve into any mommy issues. It's just daddy issues, which, okay, fine. Like, that's your that's your cup of tea. You're going to drink it. Um, I think that they tried to do, like, Tom Cruise's Maverick is a proxy father for him. Yeah. And it kind of, like, comes to fruition at the end of the movie, but I don't feel like it was necessarily built up very well at all just because there was beef between them and then like all of a sudden at a drop of a hat almost like it kind of turns yeah uh i agree with that i think there may be a couple of plot angles that either are rushed or just not fully cooked uh now that doesn't distract the from the movie (laughs) the movie is excellent (laughs) yeah which is crazy to me that it doesn't distract from the movie. I wanted more ladies because I thought, based on the trailer, that we were going to get more Top more. Gun ladies. 
we just had one. So I was like, yeah, oh, uh, that's uh, okay. Monica Barbaro's character of Phoenix. Yeah, she's kind Which, of the only one. I don't know why, but it rubs me the wrong way that she's Phoenix, because like another giant it, female villain and like super. Oh, it's lore because you, Phoenix. yeah, so you like, have oh. that association yeah. in your head. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, you got a badass female like wreaking havoc from the air. Like, <laughs> so of Phoenix. course, let's name oh, her Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of call signs, uh, mm. this is something that uh, we've kind of talked about, months. but we haven't. We've been talking yeah. about this for months because we, we wanted to develop our call signs before doing this podcast. Yeah. And I think we each have a call sign now. Yeah. Well, uh, I told so you mine for the longest. You did. And I never felt good about certain ones just because either A, like they already existed, like. Yeah, you know, like somebody That's already had it. It's like you I thought of it. Was like, oh no, that that, that came from the movie. Call sign. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Like so I told I my like, dad the same question. I was like, Dad, what's your call sign? It took him days. He gets back to me, Jester. I was like, You can't do Jester. You Jester do is Jester. already taken in the first Top Gun movie. Yeah, he's one of exactly. the instructors. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do because, that. Because in my head, I I was thinking back to my childhood and one of my favorite cars growing up. And I thought, oh, you know, this would be great to have. It's Viper. And I'm like, I can't, can't take Viper. <laughs> can't take Viper. Viper's in the first movie. He's the he's the school instructor. He's like the lead. So I yeah. can't. So I finally came across one okay. that I feel. I, first off, <laughs> it's not in any movie. So that's <laughs> one. Um, I have a couple of associations with this word pretty much. But basically... <laughs> Uh, you can use it as someone who uh, kind of takes the lead or, it, you know, they go about it in a different way. Um, they kind of set the tone. That's what one way. What is your call sign? And then the other way, oh I, my God. I also associate it with my love for uh, basketball as well. So uh, kind of naming it after a team in a way, but Trailblazer. Trailblazer. Okay. Trailblazer. Okay. I think it's a cool name to have. I think you could come with some really cool like designs on a helmet with it. Okay. So Trailblazer. <laughs> You're Trailblazer. I'm Spectre. Yes. Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> That's right? a good one. That's a really good one. It. Yeah. My yeah, sister's so- is uh, she came up with Vixen. Hers is Vixen. Mm, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So. I know. Let us know your call sign. Uh, let us know at Always Critic Pod. So we would love to think. Well, we'd love to know what you think is your call sign. So yeah. Um. All right. What I really want to say here is about Kilmer. Mm. Uh, I'm glad that he was in the movie, so and I'm was glad I. that he yeah. he got a moment to interact with Maverick. So we have that tie-in mm-hmm. to the to the old movie um it, it was bittersweet seeing him just because if you know what he's going through in real life al kilmer yeah like it, it's really mm-hmm. tough and it, it you know they portray it in the movie and everything but i i'm so glad that they found a way to incorporate him into the movie that i was really glad about that yeah Okay. Oh, for those who don't know, he's um, Val Kilmer has been struggling with throat cancer mm-hmm. for That's many correct. years, and they managed to like write it into the movie, basically. And it was a very respectful, you know, way to include him in the movie. And of course, he's there, like you know, with 
Tom Cruise in the movie. It's not like he's like off screen or anything. No, 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 no. Yeah, they they actually got he's them there. together. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um yeah. I obviously we could talk more about the movie and spoilers, but one more thing I just want to like I guess mention is beach football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did I jump the gun? Did I jump the top gun? <laughs> oh god. Okay, so what I was going to say was Tom Cruise. Now, this this kind of feels like a big deal of a movie. And <clears throat> and the reason why I say that is um he's never had a movie open this big. Right. Um if you look Which I at think his, is nuts. It's insane. But if you look at the movies their opening box office numbers, right. obviously like a lot of the Mission Impossibles are kind of high up there. Um but like his highest non-Mission Impossible was War of the Worlds. And it opened up like a $64 million opening weekend. Wow. And that was like 05 or something. Yeah. Something like 05, 06, somewhere around there. Um, how long do you think Tom Cruise can keep doing this? Like be like the blockbuster action star of, you know, of like the summer window. Because this is not going to be like the end of it. Because next year we've seen trailers for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Like that trailer so is sick. By my the way, thoughts are Tom Cruise will keep going as long as he's able. And now that he is producer, executive producing these movies, he's basically minting his own money. Um, my feeling is that Tom Cruise will stop making movies when it like a Paul Walker situation happens where mm. it's like, some tragic thing that he is, you know, he's a thrill junkie and he knows how to fly and he's a pilot and all the, all the things. So I feel like it'll be a Paul Walker situation. And I'm not trying to speak it into existence. This is just my like personal feeling on it. So, um, okay. So let's say, and that's it. That's (laughs) keep going until it's not, let's say it's not that reason that he would stop. But, do you think he'll ever get back into the prestige? No, I don't think so. You don't think and so? It's it's hard for me to say this because I feel like Tom Cruise is really rooted in prestige movies like I don't know, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, like these kind a of A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. Magnolia. You know, yeah. Th- these kind of movies. Movies where he's like actually like trying. Getting with an auteur. <laughs> yeah. Trying taking stuff risks, and, yeah, finding new material, interesting scripts. I think he's more concerned with building an empire in the same way that, like, you could say Vin Diesel is concerned with building an empire. Um, and it's based on him and his, he knows what people like, and I think he's found his niche, and it's a niche left open by the likes of Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis and Stallone and all of the great action heroes that have come before and are kind of not doing these movies anymore. So I think that he's like, well, people seem to like me. I'm really good at this stuff. It's really fun. And, you know, it's just, it's. I think it's more thrilling for him, probably more challenging for him physically than him challenging himself more acting wise. Right. In a dramatic way. Yeah. I see. Um, I would like to see 
somehow a mixture of both. Well, not like at the same time, but like him like still making action films, but every once in a while you'll see him pop up in like some type of dramatic thing. It would be nice to see that old cruise, you know. Uh, it's it's I give don't it know a if shot. End up in a smaller scale production. I don't think so either. I'm not sure if it's because he's not that humble anymore or if he's just so busy with these huge, massive, time-consuming productions of his. Yeah. But I just don't see him going back down to his roots. Right. Like, I don't see him, like, working, like, on an indie film at all. But, like, (laughs) maybe, like, a dramatic... A movie that has like a prestige director like I don't think that he would like I think I think at his this stage in his career he is executive producing he is putting a lot more input into it and so I don't think that he would like to compete with a director who has a very strong vision and presence in the production of the movie that makes you know what I'm saying yeah he is the star of the movie and i think the draw of all of his movies is that it's tom cruise it's not like david fincher and tom cruise like no it doesn't work like that like it's a one-man show yeah i gotcha all right so with that said let's go ahead and let's give our grades for the movie and then we'll get into spoilers uh what did you give this as a grade a minus well you know what just a yep i gave it an a as well um kind of hard to like find what's wrong with it it's 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 just such a fun i mean movie. i can come up with stuff that's right we don't need but to i we don't need to. i kind of just like it the way it is like it's yeah wonderful it's fun so uh let's go ahead and we'll talk spoilers for top gun maverick right after this the greatest trick houston we have a problem i am the father i see dead people the devil ever pulled was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for top gun maverick so uh starting at the very beginning this movie like straight up homage or just like ripping off almost copy paste copy paste its original movie yeah with the same a block of you know paragraph of describing the top, <laughs> top gun school. Gun school yeah. We have the theme song, the original theme song at the beginning, oh and my then gosh. once the fighter jets start taking off from the airway to the danger song. Yeah. Oh my god, I was living for this intro. For real, living and for- it's like tinted the same way with like yes, the orange hue of a sunset. Yeah, it's, it's that golden hour into twilight. It's <laughs> the ground crew on the aircraft carrier and everyone just gearing up. The planes landing, the planes taking off. This like incredible montage of gorgeously shot footage. I love every minute of it. And then of course the planes get up in the air and you get the where to the and it, I mean it just makes it seem so cool. And I think that. Besides it being a copy paste in the best way possible. Right. It kind of is the same sort of introduction to a new generation. It's been almost 40 years since the original. Yeah. So who, I mean, who besides people who have already seen Top Gun, I mean, the new generation of people and, you know, Gen X or whatever, the young people probably will not have seen Top Gun. 
So yeah, I think Tom possible. Cruise is like, well, it worked before. Like, this is Top Gun 101. Let's teach them the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is this all about? What is the vibe of this movie? And this intro is p- perfect for that. Yeah, it is. It, it truly is. I do like the touches of bringing the old with the new in the movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have like the intro sequence. You have the music, which, by the way, Lorne Balfe was the... Uh, music uh, composer on this movie taking the riff of the Top Gun sequence and using it in different ways throughout the movie. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Exactly. It's so good. Um, Then we even have like facsimile of characters in a way between the old and the new. So like in this movie, we get Ed Harris, right? (laughs) He is the bald, uh, you know, Lieutenant oh my God, or whatever he is. What's name? Um, but he was in Back to the Future. You're Professor a Strickland. Yeah. I know him as Professor Strickland. You're a slacker. Um, but he's in the original Top Gun. He is the guy at the beginning of the he movie. He has really good lines in the first Top Gun. Well, yeah, he does. I can't <laughs> believe I have to do this. <laughs> uh, and so Ed Harris kind of plays like a similar role in a way because he's the one that grounds maverick Mm -hmm. and but he's sending him off to top gun but in a different way this time around you know so it kind of feels like it's as punishment versus like reward. yeah exactly it's reward and this one it's punishment to go back to top gun exactly going back to top gun so now some of the other characters we haven't mentioned before we get into like the um, can we can we pause on the characters because i would love to get your thoughts on tom cruise and the basically the secondary intro sequence where he is going to work and trying to break Mach nine. Mach ten. Oh yeah. Then, well, the, the they start out as like, it's supposed to be Mach nine today, but they're about to shut us down. We have to get to Mach ten, which is what is in the contract, the defense contract. Yeah. So I'm on the fence about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think it was very beautiful to look at, but I don't know if it was necessary. Like I don't know. They could well. You got to give a reason why he's being grounded, why he's being punished. Right. There has to be some type of reason that they have to show on screen. So, yeah, like, it makes sense I why. It. I get it. I, I just don't know. It seemed very, like, haphazard and didn't feel necessarily like Top Gun, which is fighter jets, right? Right. And this was not a fighter jet that he was working with. It was some other... Um, it's like a stealth bomber. Stealth vehicle. Or yeah. Yeah, stealth... Um, jet but i didn't mind I it i think that they needed to show why it was that it felt very one, first manny you know what i'm saying like he's trying to <laughs> get to mach 10 and he's the fastest man ever and like yeah he's um, wearing it like a space suit essentially in the, he in the kind thing. of is but yeah. you need to show a reason why he's being grounded and you need to show uh on screen how that happens so so i get it you know i you know it it does it doesn't bother me, like okay. the way it, it, it came about. It was just okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? No, no, no problem yeah. at all. I, I then understand. he gets back to Top Gun, and you kind of don't want also for Maverick to feel negative feelings towards Top Gun, which he does. Like, he's like, he oh, does. yeah, I got kicked out. I don't want to go back. He seems kind of bummed that they're sending him to Top Gun, and it is more of a punishment. So I don't know if it's sort of degrading towards the Top Gun program as well, which is not what I was expecting out of the movie. It's almost like a, you know, Luke Skywalker tossing the lightsaber moment 
in oh god you know you want to go there <laughs> i mean it's not to that extent but you right. know it had that vibe where i was like oh okay <laughs> i think that he just shows a reluctance of he knows what he can do and it can't really be taught you know because he he's such an instinctive flyer so let's talk about this concept that the movie I, I guess we were we left off on tr- on characters and we'll go back to them. But yeah, yeah. I do like this concept of you flying that's not from a book because I for those who don't know, I produce technical materials for the military all day long. So when he says like nade tops, I know what that is. I've seen those handbooks. Right. So <laughs> I was like very intrigued by the concept of not following the rule book and knowing your aircraft backwards and forwards and knowing how to fly it and surpassing your like what is standard right so that is uh, a big part of the movie and like it's all about the pilot and not necessarily about the aircraft and uh this concept of oh we won't need pilots soon enough right that was john ham's thing was like not john ham it was Ed, Ed Harris. Harris's thing where he's like, you're basically a relic because soon enough we won't need you. The movie kind Automation. of that that line there is kind of speaking to not only obviously in the movie of Maverick and his role and everything, but also it's speaking. I kind of feel like the way movies are made, mm. everything is CGI and all that. And so. You know, because it saves money and all that, but Tom Cruise is out here still doing it, you know, putting like his practical. cast in a friggin' fighter jet and flying exactly. around. Yeah. So like when Ed Harris, his character says, you know, your your days, you know, are gonna be done soon. Mm-hmm. And he said and Tom Cruise responds, it may be so, but not today. Yeah. And it kind of feels like like a like a little, yeah. Like a subtle little, it's like a multi-layered, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm yeah. still here making movies. I'm still making blockbusters. I'm still doing it the old-fashioned way type of thing. Yes, and so, it, it, you could say that also that it's talking about action heroes. Like I just yeah. mentioned a few legendary ones before spoilers, and Tom Cruise is like the last bastion of right. like this. I'm the not doing the superhero, superhero thing. I'm yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing something else. I'm doing yeah. the action hero thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I do like that concept of bucking against the system, tr- testing your limits, mm-hmm. going past to see where you actually stand. Right. And it's almost speaking to a sense of um, <laughs> that he's a maverick, that he's, to, you know, trying new things and he's an explorer. And I think that in <laughs> this is a kind of a creative concept that to there's more to explore more to learn even though i'm an expert so for fighter jets and the military that's not something that they, <laughs> they encourage at all like no at, at, at all you can't be just autonomous and arrogant and do your own thing and be independent that's not encouraged in the military so for this movie and this concept to be explored at length in the movie with the pilot and these uh, recruits to this program being allowed to just expand into new territory 
for their own potential mm-hmm. is like groundbreaking. I feel not groundbreaking, like in terms of like, no one's done it before. I just feel like right. it is kind of mavericky. <laughs> Very appropriate for the Very appropriate title of the movie. For the title of the movie. So with Maverick, though, he yeah. does run up into some some, you know, speed bumps along the way. And they come in in different forms, you, mostly in the form of John Hamm's character. Uh, John Cyclone. Hamm, let's talk about this. John Hamm plays an excellent asshole. Oh yes, he, wonderful, fantastic. <laughs> he's wonderful. The at best it. there is. <laughs> like some of the times where his eyes kind of like bulge at like yeah, what the hell he's did got, you like, just these say? Bulging eyes. Yeah, um, and he just has this presence though. Like you can believe, yeah, this man is is a. A cab, uh, an a admiral or an admiral. Yeah, you can totally believe it. Like it just he exudes yeah, he this type of three star admiral. Yes, three star admiral. That's correct. And so you just have this presence, but at the same time, he kind of feels purposefully. He feels like the wet blanket on everything that Maverick is trying to do. Well, he is basically of the opinion that the mission that they're going on is a suicide mission that they can't make it back alive. Right. And Mav is like, no, I'm training them to do this and then get back home. Right. Which is not something that we saw in the original Top Gun because he always lived by the seat of his pants and, you know, I'm going to do it. Well, he was still training and yeah, but now he, he sees that value of protecting and, you know, striving to yeah. come back alive. That's something safely. that was instilled in the first movie after Goose dies. Yeah. Where he's very a little more cautious, but I think more respectful of life. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he, in this movie he want he's very fatherly in that respect where he looks out for the team and he's like, I'm training them to get back and it's possible. We can do this. It's very difficult. But it's possible. And he he gives it to them straight during a briefing. Like, why didn't you make that turn? Don't don't give me the excuses. Tell it to their family. Right. Like trying to instill something that their family will accept. And they're like, no, I got then I have nothing. No right to stand on for an excuse. Exactly. And so he's trying to instill in them that fear of uh, it's a healthy fear of responsibility, responsibility. Like you have a responsibility to the people around you. And to complete the mission, but also to get back safely with right. every, you know. I think that he was. You can't be was, too haphazardous. Yes, you can't be too haphazard, which is a major difference from his character in the first Top Gun movie where he was very brash. And I feel like the facsimile for his character in the first Top Gun movie is actually um, Glenn Powell's hang, Hangman character. Yeah. Like, it felt like Hangman was this, this movie is like Mav. Yeah. Uh, like you he can is put so arrogant and brash. Yeah, you could put a mirror against them. They'd be the same character. They would. They're just charming assholes with, you know, the skills to back up their, their shit, you know? Yep. But, yeah, I love that he's very fatherly and he's very careful, but he's making them take risks. Right. Making them get out of their comfort zone. Making them, making them think critically. Yes. Making them think on the fly. Challenging them. That's all like really fun stuff to watch. Especially yeah. because they're dogfighting for a large portion of this movie. 
So you have an entire training sequence where it's two on one, where the the trainer the trainees are going after Maverick and Maverick mm-hmm. is like picking them off one by one easily. Yeah, and it's next level from the first movie where it was basically the same thing. You had they had the instructor in the air with them, and they had to like get the instructor like tag him out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he is very intentional about how he approaches them because it's very aggressive. Yes. And it and it's in his style, right? The Mav style, which is, you know, he's not following rules. He's not like green means go, red means stop. Like, no, he's like pushing the aircraft in ways that they haven't seen before. And it's surprising them. And it's so entertaining. <laughs> it really is. It is super entertaining. I love just the quick montage of him just picking them off and then they have to do the push-ups. push-ups. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then being able to see their genuine reactions in the cockpits when they're like either pulling G's or they're like turning and flipping. Yeah. Uh, it's just incredible. The way that the G forces work on their face, especially during the final act, I was like, you can't, I don't know if like an animator or someone on a CG team could necessarily make a program to figure out how that would look. You right. know what I'm saying? It would be, I mean, a challenge for for any visual effects team to do. But I think that there's something so nice and refreshing to see it, them just sticking them in like the the cockpit, and th- they're getting like forces acted upon them, and th- we see it on their faces. Yeah, and you see I, their I, eyes just like yeah, either like, pull, <laughs> popping out like like straining to like yeah. hold on or you see them starting to fade because like yeah. the g-force well, is like I just so mean, much like, you know their skin is stretching oh yeah it's, like, like, legitimate it's, you know yeah being yeah, pu- pushed being back pushed upon <laughs> yeah yeah so you can't fake it it's it's i mean it's i can't i don't think you can fake it so i don't think that's what i'm trying to say i don't think you can fake it and it's so nice to see them just go for it. Um, funny story about G-Forces that this reminded me of. Is we, we stuck one of my best friends on a roller coaster at Disney once. And we didn't know that she hated roller coasters. Well, actually, we did. But we didn't care. We stuck her on it anyway. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, during the roller coaster, she was sitting behind us. And all we heard was, the G-Forces! The G-Forces! <laughs> like, over and over again. Like, her just oh. screaming her head off and then going, the G-Forces! Because I guess oh, she was just so feeling funny. things back oh, there. Oh, that's so funny. And now we funny. say it every so often, like, you know. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, moving into the main, I would say, thread of the movie. It's between Maverick and Rooster. Yeah. So they killed Meg Ryan. Yes. She's dead. Off screen, of course. Yeah. Um, when his mother died, like they mention it. In a conversation. Um, I I think there was meat on the bone left in, yes. in that story. I think you could have gone a little deeper into, number one, why Maverick pulled his papers from the Academy, held him back pretty much from being he able to He felt that join. he wasn't ready. In what way exactly? I wanted to know why he yeah. didn't feel he was ready. That would have been... a good thing to learn about like obviously you don't have to show that because that would have been like a little bit of a you know flashback you know right. you, you could have just talked about it you know um you know i saw your scores or whatever and you can like 
explain it that way. Yeah. But just but like I a small what explanation. He meant, and what we can glean from it is that he is too cautious and it's detrimental to the missions to his wingman wingmen or whatever. He's just playing it safe the entire time. And because I mean, I guess the best of the best, you want someone who is not, you know, taking two steps backward all the time. Right. You don't want someone who is trying to be cautious, like to a fault, mm-hmm. like in that final trench run during the third act, like he's falling behind it's a because run. <laughs> it was a trench run. He's falling behind because he's going slow and he's kind of overthinking it overthinking everything and it's finally when he like takes the advice from maverick of like don't think don't think just do it just do it just go and he just like puts on the jets and just takes off yeah um one of my favorite quotes is from i don't remember coyote i think says this he says turn and burn (laughs) turn and burn (laughs) Uh, i love it uh, so I wish they would have explored a little bit more in that story is what I, I, would, I would say. Um, another little thing, uh, obviously dealing with Maverick, we mentioned the love story um, that, you know, sh- the starting part, you know, you kind of have off to screen. like fill in the gaps in, the in your mind. Yeah. But what's on screen is, is pretty good. It's a pretty good love story of like re- rekindling a love that was there. I mean, I don't feel like Tom Cruise. He is not the greatest. Go ahead. Because I think we're in the same boat. Okay. I don't think that he was necessarily having chemistry with Jen Connolly. I think that Jen Connolly was doing a lot of the legwork and having a lot of chemistry with Tom Cruise. That being said, I am not sure that Tom Cruise is like a romantic lead. I can agree with you. Okay. I can okay. agree with you. Okay. I think that he can have playful relationships. He's a one night stand lead. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting that's an interesting way to describe him. Uh I can see what you're saying about that. I, I think that over the course of his career, even with Jerry Maguire, which is like his big like the big one for I that's don't a one feel, night stand lead. That's yeah, a I don't one feel night like stand that's, lead. Not yeah. a romantic, you know, fifty year fifty year long marriage romance. You know what I'm saying? Like Right. I just don't know <laughs> if there's And like, I don't find first of all, I don't find Jerry Maguire romantic. Neither Number do I. two I don't think it's a good rom com because I don't that, think it's a rom com. What? Who's out here saying Jerry Maguire's a rom com? People say that it's a rom-com. What the hell? I don't okay. know why. Conversation for a different day. Yeah, but it is. Anyway, so I think we're on the same page about Tom Cruise is, you know. He's good at many things. Good at many things. But being a romantic lead, yeah. not exactly. But where, I don't with know that what, said, Was it another podcast? And I can't remember which one was like, is Tom Cruise fuckable? And they like went into detail on this question. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't remember this this one. You don't remember this? I do not remember. No, I don't remember it. I don't remember who came up with this. That's a great question. It's a great question, and I don't feel like we have the capacity or the need to go into that, but I'll just leave that out there. Ask yourselves this question. Is Tom Cruise a romantic lead? And secondary, is he fuckable? (laughs) 
So yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, like didn't know where to go from. I don't know. I didn't know where to go. Uh, okay. So again, one thing that I will say about Sorry. Connolly though, when she shows up at the end in the bomber uh, jacket. Oh my! Like no, I was just Porsche? like Ooh. with the Porsche. Are you swoon. joking? Swoon. I was like, get it, girl. Like, don't give him air to breathe. My God. <laughs> that he was took ridiculous. my breath away. Take my breath away. <laughs> Ridiculously. Yo. Ridiculously attractive. I was like, save some for the rest of us. My God. <laughs> my God. For real. Okay. Okay. All right. Oof. Okay. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, let's talk about the third act. Yeah, let's do it. And whatever our favorite scenes are, which we can jump around on that. But third act. Third act is an entire mission where they're like blowing up a a silo that has uh, uranium uranium. thing. Bro, the the visuals in this entire sequence are just stunning. Like one of my favorite like just shots and it's a simple shot, but it looks so cool. It's in the trailer, but they're coming around the canyon in the snow. And like you see like the afterburners, like just like kind of like on all three of them, like turning the corner. Oh, it's such a beautiful shot. And the other other shot where they're doing the invert to go over the the mountain. mountain, Oh, man. Those shots are incredible. But. Both outside of the plane and from inside, like seeing Tom Cruise like yes. do that invert and come, um, man, insane, insane. This is what dreams are made of. Like I'm just so excited. It has me on the edge of my seat. It's what I came here for. I love that final sequence of the both teams going through the trench run over the mountain. You know depositing the bomb and then like going back over in like yeah. a near 90 degree vertical yeah insane yeah. insane and then you have dog fighting you know up in the air i i love the dog the, fighting was so good it was so good so uh, good i thought it was good before but like the third act kicked the, it up a notch the dog fight trench run because they basically do another trench run. Yeah, yeah. But this time it's dogfighting where they have like that plane behind them shooting at him. And then he pulls that maneuver to get behind them, which was crazy to me. Uh, like just the visual of seeing them bank like left and right. Yeah. Was so cool. But I think I think my favorite shot is that one that you just said of like the other the enemy. Uh, oh, my God. What was it called? It started with a B. The, I know which planes oh you're talking God. about. Anyway, there were two of them. There were two of and them. And one of them did that maneuver where it looked like it stopped in the air. Yeah. And then they fly past it and they're like, they're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. That was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, he basically pulled like a Maverick maneuver. Yes. You had and another really good pilot in the air and it was an enemy pilot so you're just like oh my god what are they gonna do they're in an old plane like it's it goes nuts it was nuts yeah um a scene that i truly like um was when maverick after he's been like pulled from his duty as the instructor uh and he decides to do the the run the test run 
to show the Great actual sequence. training team. Yes. I can because do it. I, until this in point, two he minutes hadn't and 15 seconds. Right. And up until that point, he hadn't done it himself. Right. He hadn't done it himself. He's telling no everyone, one else he's got to get it. it under. Yeah. Got to get it under 2.30. And, you know, at that time, like, Cyclone expands it to four minutes. Cyclone's like gonna, four and a half minutes, whatever. You and know, you're going to be you're going gonna go slower. slower. You're going to go at a, a higher altitude. And everyone's like, we're going to die. <laughs> like, we're there's no die, question. We're going to die, dude. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on the comms, you hear Maverick. It's like... Two minutes, 15 seconds, clock starts. Yeah. And the the way the camera is, like, placed on the cockpit where you can see him bank left, right, back to the left, mm-hmm. back to the right. Oh, man, beautiful, beautiful shots just all the way through. And it's exhilarating, like, because you're look, it they keep showing the clock every once in mm-hmm, a while. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Oh my God, this guy yeah. is insanely good. The students good. start like standing up in the room, like as he comes closer to the target. It's fantastic. It's really it really good is. Stuff. It yeah. really is fantastic. Uh, I think we have to mention uh, an homage to the original, uh, doing it in their own way, and it's the beach volley or beach football. Beach scene. football. Thank God we're here. Okay, let's talk about this beach football because. <laughs> It has been all over TikTok. I have seen Miles Teller do dancing that on t- <laughs> do the little wiggle on TikTok for like a week straight. And I love it so much. It was even better than those like janky ass TikToks of people took in the theater. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love it. You know what? It could have been even less silhouette than it was because the whole sequence was kind of like golden hour-y and a lot of them were in shadow which is fine like i guess it's a little more polite than just like broad daylight six pack washboard abs but i wanted the broad daylight six pack washboard abs scenario that i was promised <laughs> and is and then that's what's in the original top gun and if you're going to pull like a copy paste on the entire intro sequence can we not copy paste the time of day and the shooting style of the original beach volleyball sequence like it would have been good yeah it would have been good um an underrated like you know just man with abs and everything moment is when glenn powell's hangman after like scoring a touchdown like he like like hoots and hollers and you see him like almost like fully flexing flex out yeah yeah and it's just like damn, that guy got into shape. Yeah. Like every yeah. muscle just flexed on his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they necessarily had the kind of regimen and uh, team that put them into shape like the Marvel superheroes do because it seemed like they were like, we just did whatever kind of worked, like a lot of protein. We would all go to the gym together. It would be like a group sesh. Like, are you going to the gym? What time are you going? Like between yeah. the cast and... I think Miles Teller said something like whatever Hugh Jackman did to become Wolverine. Like that's what we tried to do. (laughs) We tried. And and I'm like, wow, did they not have at least like, you know, some, a trainer or somebody there for them? I don't know. Again, probably not necessary, but they did a fine job. Totally fine job. Yeah. Yeah. They look. I love that out of all of them, Bob is wearing a shirt. Bob, I love Bob. Bob is wearing a (laughs) t-shirt. That is great. The second wet blanket of the movie is Bob. (laughs) But I love Bob. Bob is great. Bob's great. Bob's great. (laughs) No, 
<laughs> you know what? I think Top Gun is filled with more Bobs than Mavs, to be quite honest with you. Like, I in real think life. so. In real life. In yeah. real life, I think it's more of a, like a Bob show. But I loved it. I love that they put like a chill, no nonsense. He's got glasses on. Like It's just like this nerd up in there. I love it. But he gets the job done. No sense of humor. Gets the job done. Get this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a super charismatic cast surrounding Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, very likable people. I hope that we see them, you know, grow into different things. I know that uh, Payback, pay- played by Jay Ellis, he was on the show Insecure from HBO for uh, its entire run. And he he was much celebrated for his role there. So we'll, well see. Well, Fanboy it. was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, he was. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it'd be good to see what comes from this for them. Because mm-hmm. in the interview that they were of the cast, um, I, I can't remember which one said it. But they said, man this might be the peak of my career, like doing like all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. apparently Tom Cruise was there and he said, don't say that, that don't ever think that because we chose you because we believe that you are going to be the next Hollywood stars. This is just the beginning. So it, it would be if nice I was, to see. If I was Tom Cruise, I'd say the same thing. Well, yeah, of course. I'd say the same thing to my young cast. Come on, like, you know, yeah. have a little more confidence. This is not going to be the yeah, best thing the you end. do. This is, yeah. Right, exactly. There's the beginning. (laughs) Right. Uh, Do you want to touch on anything? Hmm. Uh, A lot of representation and POC and people of color and all that stuff, which was great. Yes. Loved it. Like I said before, we could use more women women in the air. I think there was one Asian lady. But she wasn't part of like the main crew. No lines wasn't part of the main crew. I think she was just in the volleyball sequence to be Yeah, volleyball. The beach football sequence. Yeah, the beach football sequence. That's it. Um, And you see her walking into the bar at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like if they did have another woman, that would have been pretty good. Would have been better. It would have been good. Yeah, Yeah. it would have been. It would have been better. I I thought that Monica Barbaro's Phoenix was gonna have a little something something with Rooster, but it like never happened. uh, Yeah, they they kind of have like a thing, but like they had the kind of like they had the like chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Like there was was a lot of like glances. There was a lot Mm -hmm, of like little mm -hmm. like yeah 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 little conversations Uh here and there. uh Like 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 they they had had history. Yeah, so I was like, oh, are we gonna? No, doesn't we don't. (laughs) <laughs> not quite. Not quite. But still, overall, one of the best movies of 2022. Yeah. I think easily. Period. Uh, <laughs> immediately jumps up near the top of my 2022 <laughs> list, which isn't very long. I need to I need to really watch more movies. Try to watch more movies. Um I think yeah, I think that's pretty I much. I think that's it. it. Yeah. Definitely it, go see it, go support. I think it means a lot to Tom Cruise and to the industry that it's exclusively in theaters. It's not streaming anywhere. He made yeah. this for the big screen experience and for the audience to, you know, traditionally watch. So go out and see it and hopefully we get more movies like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Bring it doesn't, it, it doesn't, a uh, blockbuster does not always have to be a, you know, with a superhero or anything like that. It, mm-hmm. it, it Prove could be more. Marvel wrong. Get yeah. more variety back into the theater. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by go uh, watching by go watching an everyman superhero instead. An everyman superhero, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. You can watch him this summer. You can watch him next summer. Stop. <laughs> he's just gonna keep. He's gonna keep arriving every summer. All right. So uh, that is our thoughts on Top Gun Maverick. Let us know what you think at Always Critic Pod. You can find us on all the socials. That is. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Always Critic Pod. Uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you for giving us a shot. We truly appreciate it. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app because we have episodes almost every week, unless we are, you know, on hiatus like we just were for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. Uh, please review our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars. It goes a long way for us. And finally, if you've done all of that and you've been listening to us for a long time now, uh, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved with the show, show your support. Check us out on our page at patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. So with that said, that has been our show. My name is Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.